Welcome to another edition of Maverick University. I'm your host, David Hallberg. It is my pleasure to have uh, my pastor uh, with us in studio today, uh, Dr. Keith Gomez. Thanks for joining us, Preacher. Uh, we've been wanting to do this for a while. So. Good, John. Uh, we'll be here. We're going to be talking about caring for church families. Um, and I'll just preface the topic with this thought. Uh, I've heard it said that it's lonely at the top. Um, and when you're a pastor of a church, it's not... People assume that you know things, I think, uh, because you're the pastor and surely you know, but many times the pastor can be the last to know some things. And when you're trying to care for church families, you're dealing with situations, you're uh, trying to help your church family through something that they're going through, in some cases you may not know exactly what's going on in their lives. What are some things that you can do as a pastor or a pastor can do uh, to keep his ear to the ground and uh, you know, be aware of some things and care for his church families? Well, it's true. Sometimes the pastor's last to know. Um, it's, it's obvious that uh, some um, preachers are on the social media and they know more than what they really need to know mm. uh, because it's hard to pastor people that you already have an attitude toward if he's following their so-called social media. Um, so it, it's best just to, to love your people and uh, know where they're at. There was a day where we didn't understand or know everything about our people now. We know a little bit too much. But to be able to help them, uh, your counseling will help them and know where they're at. Uh, also, concerned members will come to you and say, you know, we really need to help someone. So you kind of keep your ear to the ground that way. Your staff certainly should be on the lookout. What preachers, uh, what we, we discuss a lot of time around roundtables is that how staff will not see. They don't see what we see. And maybe that's why we're the pastor and they're not. But I think staff needs to look and watch and see. They need to bring it to the pastor that somebody's struggling, somebody's having some problems. But also just... Um, seeing things around the the ministry, mm -hmm. uh, a, a doorknob missing, a, a hole in the wall, a, a fixture that's out. Uh, so uh, the staff need to keep their eyes and ears to the ground and feed uh, the preacher. I, I have a philosopher in our place about feed the bear. you got to feed the bear. Just tell me and I can assimilate what has been said and be able to uh, help uh, maybe solve the problem, but you got to. I got to know. I, I don't have a crystal ball, and so um, so that's what we do. And then uh, you've got to make sure that you're very sensitive to the people's needs, and um, and be able to approach them in such a way where um, you can you can get down to the the problem. I was teaching Kim this morning on seed. Um, I pointed a big tree we had in our backyard. I said, that thing was grown from a seed who formed a tree that formed the roots. And the Bible talked about, the Bible talks about getting down to the root of the problem, putting an ax at the root of the tree. So if we're going to ever care for anything and care for our people, um, we're going to have to get down to the root of the problem. Most of the time we deal with leaves. Sure. And I was teaching that this morning to her. I said, people dealing with leaves the manifestation of a of a root problem. So you got to get down the root. And the only way you can ever help your people is get honest. A lot of times when people come to you with counsel or preachers even, they never say it all. They don't ever put all the cards on the table with honesty where a man can give 
uh, honest evaluation and counsel. So to help your people, you're going to have to, everybody's got to get honest. Yes, sir. See, if honesty and truth, the Word of God, mm-hmm. will bring revival. So you've got to get honest, and you've got to have truth mixed with truth, and uh, we'll see revival. And that's the only way a person will be helped. Well, certainly, the preacher is only as good as the information he gets um, from the people he's trying to help. Um, Can you talk about the importance of a Sunday school organizational system? Certainly, that is a way for a Sunday school teacher to get to know a church member better, get to know intimate details of their life, and if there are problems, they can pass it up and eventually make it to someone who can help them. Well, I remember when when I started here, uh, those, uh, well, I'll start my... Uh, 40th year uh, in March, uh, but I remember when I first came, uh, and uh, you know we had uh, 73 people walk out my second Sunday, um, and we were left with 31 people. Started with 31, and we started growing from there. Uh, we used to on Sunday nights sometimes after the service we'd just say you know let's let's go and we'd go to one of the members' house have pizza, mm-hmm. very close knit family. Uh, because the church was small, you can do that. As it began to grow, and good night, 11 weeks later, we had, uh, I think, 254 in, in church. And then um, first year, 300 and a little under 400. Uh, the second year, we had 504. And by our fifth year, we had 1,031. So as that thing began to grow, you got to back off all that fellowship stuff because it's too big now. Sure. I mean, I'm talking about personal fellowship, mm-hmm. right? So then you begin to divide and what Baptists don't understand and church builders don't understand, you you you, you multiply by dividing. Mm-hmm. So we began to divide the Sunday schools up in smaller classrooms, and which gave that group of people a Sunday school teacher who has activities and really knows everything about them, and uh, that is one of the keys to uh, feeding the preacher on problems or people that are struggling. And uh, that is the key to church growth, of course, and the key uh, of the preacher understanding and knowing his people. It's impossible for a preacher to spend personal time with everybody um, when the church grows to that size. You just can't do that. But you can uh, at least take time, shake their hand, love on them, try to know them as best you can. But the Sunday school teacher is the one who's got to bring any of the problems or uh, situations that need to be handled by the preacher. One of the hallmarks of your ministry, especially as of late, has been uh, preaching on the home. Uh, you take Sunday nights and you preach on marriage, family, the home, finances, child rearing. It's so practical, and I think it's a great way to deal with problems before they even become problems. Right. Can you talk about some of the maybe the family issues that you've dealt with the pa- in the past and how that uh, motivates the topics that you preach on? Well, preventive. I, I do a lot of preventive preaching, and and it. You know that's the key to anything. You don't it, it, when when a when a family's having a problem or a couple having a problem, you don't bring it to the pulpit. You've got to bring it to the pulpit before they have a problem. Yes, sir. Uh, and if people will listen to preaching, they would need very little counsel. My first wife, who died 13 years ago, just a few days ago, made a statement that was as strong as anything I've ever heard and as wise as anything I've ever heard. She said, while when you finish preaching, when you leave your pulpit to go to your office to counsel people who will not listen or obey your preaching, there's hundreds of people out here who would just like to shake your hand who do listen to your preaching. 
Man, I, it crushed me. I just went, man, she's so right on. She's right on. Most of the people I have to counsel is people who will not listen to preaching and obey that book. Um, when when the church kind of blew up there at the beginning, and it was it was inner church struggles, I had very little to do with me. It had something to do with what I believed on the King James and and as the Word of God and and where I came from is they were struggling. But anyway, uh, when that thing got down to thirty one, we we're in this this uh, public school. There were nine public schools that were shut down in our area. Grade schools because of abortion had killed so many children, there were not enough children to put in the schools. Yeah. So the nine empty elementary schools. So that's, of course, where when I took Northwest, that's where we were at. Uh, but then when you're in this gymnasium and there's 31 people and uh, most of them teenagers and some buses, you know, you just got a handful. I think I had 11 adults in my Sunday school class. Um, I knew I had to do something to get out of there because it was like BBs in a boxcar. So I went in the junior church room, it was a smaller room, set up chairs, and I began to teach and preach on the family and the home. I thought if I could do that, I could help people. And that's what preaching has to do. Preaching has got to help people and help families, finances, you know, with their, with their family, with their child rearing, those sort of things, uh, marital problems. So I figured if I could do that, uh, maybe we could start solidifying and growing a little bit. So I went to that junior church room and uh, began to preach on the family home. I think I did 32 Wednesday nights on the family in the home there. That's a, that's a, that's a lot, 32 weeks. Yeah. And that thing began to grow and people began to hear and people started coming. We're knocking doors like crazy every, uh, every Monday night that I wasn't out of town preaching, every Monday and Tuesday uh, do Bible study, of course, study on Wednesday, go out soul winning, uh, uh, you know, Thursday. I gave Friday to my family all day Saturday, and we did that forever. And so the thing began to grow, and, and, uh, but I dealt with that. Now, I don't know how many years now, you ought to have to go back and check, but I stood in my pulpit quite a few years ago and said, uh, I understand, you know, I could see the, the finish line, uh, of my ministry uh, for us here, and I just I decided that I was going to preach on family and home every Sunday night, and pretty much stuck with that now mm-hmm. for all of these years. How many years I don't know, but um, I, I get more compliments and notes from young couples as yourself that it has helped tremendously um, in their home. So I I, I take um, um, uh, just. I think I did the right thing by doing that. I want to help and strengthen the future. The church will only be as strong as the homes, and the homes will only be as strong as the church. So one compliments the other, and um, uh, it's obvious that um, we have some strong, strong families and strong home and a strong church, a very strong church. Sir, Can you talk about um, protecting your church families? Uh, the gospel light does attract a lot of strange bugs, mm-hmm. and not everybody that is in the pews of your church are there for the right reasons. They right. may have ulterior motives. Maybe right. uh, they're trying to suck your people out to mm-hmm. something else or you know, just trying right. to scam people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever dealt with situations like that sure. before, but can you talk a little bit about protecting sure. your people? From- well, the gospel light does attract a lot of strange bugs. I, when I shrimp down in Louisiana in the bays, I we would have um, um, 
trolls and we, we troll and we, we have the, the, the nets. And when we draw the net in and pull the bag, all the shrimp, there'd be pogies, there'd be uh, crabs, a lot of trash fish in there. So when you throw the gospel net out there, you're going to catch a lot of stuff. Uh, stuff you want, stuff you don't want. And when I say that, all souls are of the Lord's. We understand yeah. that. But there's some people uh, that Satan will plant in your church if you're not careful. <clears throat> and then there's some that will come to try to take advantage of the bride. Uh, she is the bride of Christ, will be. So we have to protect that bride. Preachers who point the church to themselves as they're the Savior are we're eunuchs. We should be eunuchs. Mm -hmm. We should never steal the affection of the bride. That's his, not ours. So we should point, we'd appoint her to him, not to us. And so in so doing, we have to protect her. So since we're eunuchs, we protect the bride. And when you have a wolf among the sheep or you have somebody trying to scam the sheep, you've got you to gotta smoke that out. Yes, Strong preaching always brings scum to the top, always. Mm -hmm. And I wish preachers would understand that that they got to rear back and just let her fly. I mean, they got to preach that book strong. And what we're doing now, we've gravitated kind of more in the teaching type, and that's good on Wednesday night, good in Sunday school, but every night again, you just got to, like I said a few weeks ago, clear you off a place and just throw a fit about everything. Preach against everything. And if somebody said, are you against? Yes, I'm against everything. Just preach on everything. Preach against sin is what we need to do. Okay. And the little millennials today that are anti-fundamental, which means they don't even believe the fundamental of the book is what they're saying. And we've got these little yard birds out there talking about being reformers or re recovering fundamentalists. Mm -hmm. What they're saying, we're recovering from the doctrines, the fundamental doctrines of the Word of God. They ain't got no sense. They're still children, little bitty people. They're little bitty people. They're, they read after some evangelicals. They read a few cute little statements. They disdain what they've been taught because their wives will not allow them to believe what they believe because their wives want to dress a certain way. And so this is what happened. Their kids are out of control. So if they believe what we taught them, they're going to have to get their house in order. And they can't do that because she won't let them. And so this is where some of us old birds, we get uh, hammered. But you must understand that. Uh, so I guess I got to apologize for everything that I know that I've learned in that book after all of these many, you know, almost 50 years. And uh, I got to apologize for Howes and Robertson and Roloff and Malone and Seitler. Ain't going to do it. Ain't apologizing for nobody. So we need to understand that if we're going to help our people, uh, we need to uh, make sure that we... We stay by the stuff and hammer it down real tight. Yes, sir. Make them know what the Word of God means. I think we have time for one more question. Uh, can you talk about your emphasis on children's ministries? Um, obviously, children are the future of any ministry, sure. any you know, any of our whole society. Right. And so, can you talk about your philosophy when it comes to children's ministry, nurseries, bus routes, children's churches, things like that? Well, you you know, one one afternoon I was in my office and <clears throat> we we we're right now Northwest is in the midst of some of the largest rock and roll churches in the nation. Mm -hmm. Willow Creek right over here, Christ Community over here, a Harvest right over here. Uh, some of these guys, one of them is backslidden Independent Baptist, went another way, went rock and roll, 
they, they booted him out. I don't want to go into the scandals on all of those churches, extreme scandals on those. Yeah. But see, these recovering fundamentalists, they want to believe that all the scandals within us. We know our family. They don't know what's out there. But there's so much scandal out there, it's crazy. Sure. But um, they, uh, I, I just, they're popping up and thousands are coming and they're not knocking doors and trying to win souls no. like we do. And they're not striving lawfully, as the Bible says, like we do. Mm-hmm. We're doing it scripturally, knocking on doors, talking, about people, talking to people about their soul. So I got to thinking, you know, we understand that, you know, the, the, the rock and roll stuff. And so it's kind of entertainment, but there's more to it than just entertainment. Though that many people are not coming just because of the music necessarily of the entertainment. So I, I went over here and I just left my office one day. I said, I'm going to just go over here. They're building this new building for this rock and roll church. I'm going to go through it. When I went through it, I was just struck by the, the size of the, the uh, foyer for fellowship because that's what it's all about, connections. Mm-hmm. Then I walked down the hall and there's this tree in the middle of the hallway, big wide hallway, a tree. And I go, you know, the, this the aesthetics of play. Then I looked in the classroom of one of the children. There were no chairs in there because they don't need chairs. If the little girls don't dress appropriately, they can, they can, they can sit, you know, cross-legged, Indian style. And then there was a half of a Noah's Ark on there with windows where you can see the puppets with the puppets. And I just stared in there and go, man, if I was a child, I would want to come here. Sure. One of our contractors built the playland over here in this other rock and roll church for a couple million dollars. They got climbing walls. They got, I mean, it's Funfair Park. It's like Six Flags. And it dawned on me, and I talked to my staff one day, it dawned on me that the reason some of these things are growing because the children. I said, I know what's happening now. I analyzed it. And then it was almost a year later, I heard one of those guys speaking on, on a uh, on a religious channel, and that's what he emphasized, what I had concluded, that Sunday mornings, those children are crawling up on their, their mom and dad's chest beat, and we want to go to church, we want to go to church, we want to go to play, you know, playland. Sure. All right, we'll go. And so the children are controlling the parents. They're the ones. So children's ministries are extremely important. That's why we run buses. But our children's program is not entertainment. When our children come out of there, even this big, they know how to run a bus route. They know the Word of God. It's really amazing what a church that's teaching that book that does it right, how much their children will gain. You did as a child coming up through here, and Brother Angels also, and all of our, all of our youngest said. So it's very important. Children's ministry, extremely important, must be, must be emphasized, but not for entertainment purposes. Need to have fun with them, but there's time for that. Sunday school activities, not Sunday school itself. Yes, sir. Well, thank you so much for your time, Preacher. Appreciate it. And you can check out our other episodes and other conversations with Pastor Gomez on our YouTube channel or on any of the audio-only platforms as well. Thanks so much for joining us.